Welcome back to another episode of Lessons for Tomorrow, the podcast that is centered around conversations between industry experts sharing insights from the past to apply in the present to achieve success in the future. As a reminder, this podcast should be the motivational poster in your ear. Each episode is centered around conversations to motivate you to tackle new initiatives at your organization. Today, we're going to be talking about B2B marketplaces in the commerce space, and I'm thrilled to have Derek Swick from AmericanEagle.com here and Yoav Kuttner from Oro Commerce. Hello, everybody. Derek Swick. I've been with American Eagle for a baker's dozen, 13 years. Uh, when I started my career here, I was an enterprise e-commerce developer doing a lot of the front-end and back-end integrations. latter half has been really around solution architecting and engineering. I onboarded a lot of our great partners, such as Oro, and help solution many of our big name clients. Happy to be here. Wonderful. And Yoav? So my name is Yoav Kutner, as you pronounced perfectly, which is a rare occasion, so thank you. I am the co-founder and CEO at Oro Inc. And prior to that, I co-founded a company called Magento. So I've been in the e-commerce space right now, probably going on over 15 years. It's been evolving a lot. I think we're going to share some of what we learned throughout the years and how we see the future kind of establishing for businesses that want to enable marketplaces around what they do. Wonderful, wonderful. So exciting times. Last year, we saw a huge uptick in e-commerce and especially, I think, just in forced digital transformation for the B2B e-commerce space at a faster clip that they were typically moving at. They were moving in this direction, but uh, unfortunately, the pandemic did move a lot more people online a lot faster than they expected, and especially in that B2B space. So as we just think about things today, with just that space overall. And I want to really hone in on marketplaces today. In general, tell our listeners, what is an e-commerce marketplace and describe for them just the advantages that a marketplace gives over just a regular e-commerce site? Sure. So a marketplace is uh, is a gathering of sellers, right? And in the traditional kind of village days, it's where uh, multiple vendors would come and sell their produce. If we are kind of jumping into today's uh, digital world, you know, eBay, probably one of the biggest marketplaces people know, Amazon, another one. So it's really multiple sellers selling to X, right, which is what we're talking about today, but traditionally to consumers. But now we're seeing an uptake on selling directly to other businesses, which is the B2B marketplaces. We do see many different permutations of how this is actually established or what's the reasoning be even behind having it. Uh, as a marketplace, uh, allowing and enabling other sellers to sell. But in in a nutshell, it's just bringing multiple buyers in touch with multiple sellers with many different nuances around that. And I just jump in to say that on the sales side uh, for new business opportunity, we've seen a lot of requests for, hey, we're, we're a small distributor manufacturer and we need to compete against the big guys. Uh, and maybe we can help band together folks uh, in our space that are competitors, but um, you know, alike in the sense that uh, we work in different regions or with different uh, markets or verticals in a marketplace fashion to help compete against, you know, the big names. Everybody wants Amazon. That's, you know, Amazon business is a big competitor to almost everybody these days. So, you know, they're trying to unite and, and compete. If I had a dollar for every time someone asked me in a project, I just want you to build me Amazon. Uh, yeah. That would just, you know, I'd, I'd, or Bitcoin. Yeah. Yes, well, yes. I, I would say it's an average of $5,000. Yeah, there them. you go. <laughs> That's our fees we were getting. Yes. So it's going up a bit. I think they're understanding the complexity now. Yeah, and absolutely. I, you know, for our listeners stateside, I think for a lot of us, it's, and some like me, this is an emerging trend for those overseas in Europe. You know, the marketplace model is, I think, a lot more mature 
and, and is a lot more evolved than, than, than what we have here. So Yoav being based a lot of the product overseas, I think they've got a competitive advantage of uh, they've been in this space and they've, they've got some lessons learned. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I want to talk about those models for a little bit here and just understanding, right, there's the, the model of the multi-vendor and, you know, B2C and B2B both serve, but there's also just B2B pure marketplaces or B2C pure marketplaces. And just where, where are you guys seeing just where the models have been and what the models are evolving into just in, in today's world? And, and where do you think they're going to be in the future? Sure. So I'll take the first crack at this. So what, what we initially saw uh, from B2B was actually a manufacturer or brand that wanted to enable or augment what they're offering to their customers through this marketplace where they will allow either service providers that actually uh, give services on what they're selling to their customers or software that works on their products or any other kind of uh, items that are complementary to what the offering is that this brand or manufacturer is actually uh, selling to their customers. And that was the traditional kind of thing we started seeing in B2B, and this is going a few years back already. I do think it's evolving. I, I do think that we're seeing a lot more implementations that are different than this model where it's non-competing. We are seeing B2B marketplaces now that are offering competing sellers to sell on the same platform, which was more of the kind of Alibaba kind of way that they were presenting it. But it's something that we are seeing now as a growing trend in the U.S. for U.S. marketplaces, not overseas marketplaces, that that's how they got connected to U.S. buyers. So again, if we look at Alibaba, this was solving an issue where sellers that were U.S. or EU for that matter, and wanted to purchase from a manufacturer or distributor in China and the Far East uh, to actually get those products to them. It was very hard to for everybody to just go to China. So of course, online was a very valuable option. And when they would find a product, they would have multiple sellers and they would go and select the seller, maybe even negotiate some pricing and then buy that. What we are seeing today is that this is moving now to more and more companies that are trying to create this service, I'll call it, in, and they're a U.S. side. So they might have other sellers that are U.S., they might have sellers that are international or Europe for that matter. And again, they are enabling them to be connected to potential buyers. One of the reasonings we've seen for this, and this actually started before COVID, is like you said, that everything was moving online. So whereas a lot of these contacts were made in trade shows, in conferences, really started seeing that more and more of these uh, interactions are moving online. And for a lot of these B2B sellers, it was very hard to compete, kind of catch up uh, with the digital uh, era, I'll call it, and uh, going online. And these marketplaces are kind of enablers for them to actually be online, to have their products online, to meet new or get connected to new potential buyers. So this is mostly of the, the service we're seeing that these B2B marketplaces are kind of offering a lot of these sellers. And the reasoning why the, these sellers are interested in joining these marketplaces, again, the marketplace is acting as a focal point where they bring multiple potential buyers and introducing them to sellers. The problem with this versus B2C marketplaces is that in a B2B scenario, usually we talk about a recurring relationship, meaning that this is not a one-time buy. So again, moving to the marketplace, it did allow a lot of buyers to kind of sample, if you want to say, products that are bought from a new seller that they're interacting with and kind of build the relationship. And what we're seeing now is that it's evolving because prior to what we've seen, if there was a successful relationship, it might've gone offline and the buyer and the seller would interact directly after that, maybe even off the platform. 
But what we are saying is that now we're enabling them to have these relationships within the marketplace. So again, the marketplace is serving many more features rather than just establishing a new uh, kind of buyer-seller relationship. And that can be from facilitating the recurring orders, facilitating payment, facilitating uh, reviews, helping with uh, any kind of issues on the order. So we're seeing that these marketplaces are evolving and are taking a major role in the buyer-seller interaction today in the B2B uh, use case. And that's, again, before we even talk about all the implementations that we see for this, and I'll talk about it maybe a bit later, but in the trend that we're seeing is that, again, these marketplaces are becoming facilitators for buyers and sellers to interact, whereas they would not meet or would not find each other either other than uh, being on this uh, marketplace today. Absolutely. And I think that's where, and, and Derek, I want your thoughts on this too, but really the, the, the venues for buyers and sellers are really just exploding because of the opportunity with the infrastructure, the payment security that are now available through a lot of the different tools like Oro Commerce that give them the advantage to getting that marketplace out there and really connecting their other systems to populate data into it. Historically, you know, and this is really with every digital industry, uh, at one point the world was challenged with a B2C application, right? Magento came about. Uh, the world was challenged with B2B applications. The world is now challenged with marketplace applications. So, you know, for a long time, agencies like us didn't have a, a tool. We'd have to custom build, custom dev, uh, or repurpose. So you would try to level up a B2C or B2B application into a marketplace application, which Maybe for somebody who's small, that's a viable path, but for, for many, it's not a long-term solution. You know, having a product that's focused on marketplace and all the components, it's not just the, the end use case of someone purchasing or procuring through the application, but it's the management, the vendor application, vendor payouts, inventory, order control, all of that stuff. You need an application that's dedicated towards uh, those operations. I think you brought up a great point there that I want to unpack a little bit more is just historically, B2C has been ahead of the curve of B2B, just in, in implementation of the technology or the ability to quickly adapt newer technology. And B2B has been a bit more systems were in place. They're working. Why replace them? How do we you know, make that faster move? I think last year we saw a lot more businesses willing to shift to a faster pace. With that, though, you talked about how the B2C model of commerce really was brought to these marketplaces for B2B, and that that evolution that happened was more stemmed from the opposite direction. With some of the newer approaches, you feel that more the B2B focus now, or, or at least in the marketplace space, the focus has been on what the marketplace solution needs to be and not trying to adapt an existing system to become that. Yeah, and that that's a great point, by the way. I think as a platform provider, what we are responsible for is building the the building blocks, right? Giving you all the features, the underlying features that you will need in order to kind of implement your business model on top of the marketplace. And that's what we're learning right now. Again, all these marketplaces are very different when it comes from what is the service that they are providing? How are they making money, right? The business model around that. So just having having a platform that has all the core features and allowing you to implement kind of your core business model on top of it or your business domain on top of it, it's our role. So we really at or kind of try to build all the features that are relevant for B2B that we see across the board for everybody. And that will be the multi-vendor vendor management, uh, allowing them to actually manage their catalog, manage their orders in the system. Because again, like you said, you cannot rely on them on being technical or digital, right? So they you have two different users, which is the buyers and of course the sellers, and both need access and the 
features that they need in order to actually operate on the marketplace. So I think one big difference that we see, probably the biggest difference uh, that we see between B2C marketplaces and B2B marketplaces is that B2C a lot of times has very thin kind of offering or features when it comes to the sellers. They do very specific things. When we talk about B2B, like we said, that is a relationship that usually is established between a buyer and a seller and having them, the sellers in this case, have a lot of features that enable them to create and maintain this uh, relationship is where we invested, right? So that's almost universal. All, all sellers need uh, access to the customer, need access to create recurring orders around it, right? If it's, um, if it's uh, answering questions, if it's uh, um, updating the order timeline, manufacturing timeline, downloading even procurement information that they need in order to procure their products in order to be able to create those orders for their newer customers. So this is all things that the software as a platform needs to be actually enabling those sellers to do. And, and in B2C, it's very basic. You can upload products, you can uh, update the order status, Etc. So definitely, um, that's the underlying kind of uh, role that we're playing is, like I said, enabling both the sellers and the buyers to have the features they need in order to interact in a B2B fashion. That said, another big one that we're kind of working on right now is changing how payments are done. And again, in a B2C scenario, we usually would talk about credit card payments, maybe money transfer, bank orders, etc. But there was a, a specific role that the marketplace played in that either there would be the merchant on record or they would pass it on to the actual seller and they would have to have some predefined payment provided that they would accept. What we're seeing in B2B, because that B2B is not necessarily still uh, caught up with the credit card world and when it comes to that, we see that we actually have to support many different payments. And, and again, this is a big role that the marketplaces now are starting to play. And we have a customer that we're actually working on right now. They're one of the largest aviation marketplaces. And and as you can imagine, the average order amounts that you're seeing in this industry can go anywhere from $10 to hundreds of thousands of dollars. And most credit card transactions will not support the large orders. So how do we actually enable and actually move faster this whole payment process? That's something we're actually investing a lot in right now. So establishing payment terms, establishing uh, credit lines for the buyers, et cetera. That's where we're investing for the future of what's coming, I think, for B2B. And one of the biggest hurdles for B2B marketplaces is facilitating payments and actually redoing how payments are done in B2B, meaning that it's not necessarily direct between the buyer and the seller and the marketplace takes a more major role and lowering the risk for both sides of the transactions. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you brought up payment methods. I think that's one of the, the, the key areas of differentiation in the B2B space is really there's probably about four main ways to make a B2B payment, right? There's paper check, ACH transfer, electronic fund transfer, wires, and then credit and debit cards, right? And as you mentioned, those price ranges in those B2B marketplaces can range from things that absolutely can be done through a credit transaction, but then you get into those hundreds of thousands of dollars for either aviation, large parts, or whatever it may be that you're ordering and you know your industry-specific needs are. Still, nearly half of B2B payments are still made by paper check. And I think that's just an incredible number to think about where we have all these different payment methods, but digital payment solutions have not been historically in that B2B space the common way of payment. And with that, it is gaining, digital payments are gaining traction in B2B space. More organizations are moving to digital formats of payment, but that additional of the financing, the terms, all of that come into play with how you build that. 
And a lot of times there's also different price lists that you have for different relationships. And all of that has to be managed inside of that marketplace. And you are updating that constantly. I think that's just such a, a huge effort that a system, when properly implemented, handles a lot of that for you. And you feed it in correct information. It can process through it. You know that for me, it's net 30. For Derek, it's net 90. He just never pays on time. No way. And then... I prefer paper checks still, and Derek's going to go all digital with his Bitcoin and everything. So I think it's just a... I think the price an, just went up again. In area. Yeah, it did. It did. I just think it's so important for people to understand that you need to offer multiple payment options. You need to address the different ways that your individual buyers are going to want to experience purchasing from you. Yeah, I think what you guys have both said uh, pretty clearly is you've got to make it easy for the buyer to, mm-hmm. to, to transact with your seller and in a way that is traditional, you know, right? Because they're coming from a way of, of dealing with this buyer-seller relationship, but in a digital format, Yeah, right? You've got to take that offline and convert it to online. And that, you know, it, it sounds simple, but everything that is simple is typically very hard behind the scenes. And that, again, that's where the orchestration of the software comes into play of, you know, go ahead and try to repurpose a B2C platform for a marketplace solution or mm-hmm. a B2B solution. And, and good luck. Right? Yeah, no, exactly. And I, th- I think you have to look at the size of the market opportunity here, too. And uh, overall, and this is uh, some uh, stats that I got from payments research firm IBTSD, uh, B2B marketplaces were expected to generate $3.6 trillion in sales by 2024. That's up from an estimated $680 billion. Okay, there's a difference there. $680 billion versus $3.6 trillion. And that $680 billion was estimated in 2018. So, I mean, that marketplace opportunity is just huge. That market is ripe for the taking. But, again, if you repurpose existing platforms that aren't meant for this, you're going to struggle. You're going to invest a lot of time and energy into it when there's solutions that are available today out there. And, you know, let's let's unpack those a bit more and talk through what are the platform, right? The, what What's needed in that platform to truly support the B2B marketplace aspect? Is it the integration side? Is it customization side that you mentioned earlier of what a lot of B2B solutions needed before? What's some of the advantages to a platform today? Yeah, and I'll just uh, start by saying that, you know, even even American Eagle is still paying over with uh, paper checks. So I'm just I'm just gonna say that. So, you know, funny, keep funny, us all real. Funny side note. Uh, <laughs> and we're a B2B relationship, right? I mean, we're <laughs> and we still use paper checks. So again, it's it's definitely there, right? And uh, that's an excellent point. I'll just uh, finish with the payment so quickly. It's it's even more than that, right? It's um, I think we're talking about reducing the risk. So again, if you go into uh, what the payment uh, relationship is in a B2B, if it's a new buyer approaching a new seller. The seller has to become almost like a, a bank, right, or a credit uh, issuer because they have to to kind of uh, assume uh, some risk and give some terms. Uh, maybe the terms are, are not as good in the beginning and they grow. But again, we're talking about removing all that risk, meaning that we provide more value coming from the marketplace, that they will be the facilitator of payments. So everybody gets paid on time. Everybody gets control of the payments, gets better terms. Right now, one of the biggest issues in B2B is that most payment relationships are one-to-one, meaning that the buyer and the seller have a direct relationship. Now, if we open up the marketplace and say the marketplace has multiple buyers, multiple sellers, as a buyer, the marketplace already knows me, right? And maybe I can establish a better credit line across all of my orders in my payment history. And then when I reach out to a new seller, I don't have 
him to take a risk on me because the, the marketplace already knows me and might give a credit score, might even issue the credit to me directly and issue the payment to the buyer. So again, that's the, that's the new things that we're working on right now. And I think that's very, very exciting. And it's really going to accelerate uh, the speed of where of how commerce is being done, because I think one of the biggest hurdles right now is the payment. Uh, and especially when it comes to smaller uh, buyers and smaller uh, sellers. Um, and again, if they interact with bigger ones on, on either side, they actually face a lot of risk and a lot of issues. So again, I think that's a very exciting one. Maybe we can have a whole podcast about that. Even Going back to your original question, what kind of features are really, really needed uh, in a platform to be successfully uh, implementing um, a marketplace? So you touched on pricing and pricing is again, very interesting because if you look at most B2C uh, marketplaces, they really provide kind of a, a single price per all buyers, right? So maybe different sellers will have different prices for the same item. That's one option like on eBay, or we go on Amazon, they might have more restricted uh, pricing uh, listings, but they will still allow every seller to basically give his own price. But that price goes to anybody that buys from them. Like we mentioned many times now already, the B2B relationship is um, a more recurring, more deep relationship. And as you establish this relationship, the buyer might start asking for bigger discounts, better pricing, et cetera. So just facilitating all these interactions of, okay, I've bought a thousand units from you and I wanna buy another thousand. Can you give me a better price? So all this quote to order workflows, we need to enable those in the B2B marketplaces because otherwise this will go offline, right? So if I found a seller that I really, really like as a buyer and I want to buy from them on a recurring basis to establish this interaction, this relationship, you want this to happen on your digital platform. That provides many uh, benefits to uh, a lot of the different players. So of course, for the buyer, I don't have to start going offline and assuming more risk that I maybe don't know who I'm talking to on the other side. I still go through the marketplace. For the seller, again, it provides them an ability to discuss and negotiate pricing and be competitive. And for the marketplace to get kind of the overall uh, data and overall view of what's going on when it comes to pricing and uh, be able to promote this as part of their business model to some of the sellers, to some of their buyers as well. So they could have memberships, they could have kind of subscription models around this where they enabling better view of the pricing or better pricing even for their buyers and the ability for the sellers to kind of determine that. And to support that, that has to be built into the platform because we're talking about hundreds of thousands, if not millions and millions of products or SKUs. And then if we start thinking about that, if we allow individual pricing per customer, per product, we're talking about almost an infinite number of price, of price books or price lists that we have to support in the platform. So this cannot be an afterthought. We cannot retrofit the B2C model where it's one price for every uh, customer. Maybe we have customer groups and try to kind of customize it so it works. It's a lost cause. I mean, I've tried it in Magento many times and I failed when we were trying to implement it there. That's part of the reasoning why we created or when we really pushed on this price engine and to be able to support that in infinite number of permutations. So we're basically loading the price directly for uh, every customer. Again, just uh, to keep it clear, it could be that we're getting it real-time pricing as well. So we might be calculating the price on the fly or doing integration with a third-party system that actually provides us the pricing and the actual pricing that that customer will receive. And that means that we might have to have multiple integrations, which we do already, just to get pricing, just to load the pricing in an efficient way uh, for the customer. So pricing is one of the biggest, biggest things. Thanks for tuning in for part one of our conversation with Oro Commerce on the Lessons for Tomorrow podcast.
a conversation today gathering insights from the past to apply in the present for success in the future. Stay tuned for part two next week as we continue our conversation. Special thanks to executive producers Maria Klaji and Julia Roser. Be sure to subscribe today to the Lessons for Tomorrow podcast, the motivational poster in your ear. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios.